Good evening, brothers and sisters. It's January the 12th, 2022. There's a brand new skip in your step. There's a brand new song in your heart. They're opening up your county. Everybody gets to go and fart. There's a brand new song. You can smoke your bong. It's Wednesday, January 12th, 2022, my friend. In the time of Boblimtok, in the age of Grinkin, are you ready for the Strogon warriors to show up from the moon? Based upon that look on your face, you're not. Yeah, you're not ready. You're not ready for the Scrogon. You're not ready for the Wildebeest. You're not ready for the Eight-Winged Tony. They're out on the edge of town. They're looking for Grinka's Grease. They're looking for street protein. They're not far down the road from where you live, buddy. They stare at you wantonly. They look at your busty wife. They dream of drinking your craft IPA beer, you fuck. And they don't live far down the road. They're in a shanty. They live in a hole. Maybe even in a cul-de-sac culvert or maybe under a tree who knows where they live but they're not far from you and me they are the struggling masses of humanity that have always existed but like the tide it goes up and down sometimes there aren't that many people who are terribly upset or terribly poor or terribly on the edge of dying of thirst or hunger and then sometimes you got a lot of them they're all over the place, and you could become one of them if you don't get your kids vaccinated. <laughs> Isn't that the story? If you don't get your kids vaccinated, you can't eat, you can't go to your job, you can't drive a car, you can't fuck your wife, you, you can't do anything if you don't get vaccinated. It is troubling as fuck. And it makes one play the somber notes. The notes that no one plays because they're dissonant. That no one plays because they're scary. These are the notes. These are the notes that drive you crazy. Yeah, if you don't get the vaccine, you can't do anything. That's what they're telling you. I mean, that's what they show you on the TV when they show you Canada and Austria and Australasia, excuse me, Australia 
and they show you pictures of China. Everyone's locked down and their doors are welded shut. You remember the winter of 2020 when the stories out of Wuhan is that the local dingbats, you know, all a Manuel Norega tip my hat, the local dingbats were going around welding people's doors shut. Maybe that's true. I mean, that seems like some awfully horrible kind of bullshit. But I look back at on, on all those videos and I wonder to myself, how much of that was total crap? How much of the old lady walking down the street, she just came back from the market time, she went to the wet market to get her monkey testicles, Walking back home to her, her husband, Hong, who used to work in the radiation factory. And she just falls over. She's just like 62. She's Asian, right? That's a little bit of Ching Chong. <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah, and if you're wondering, am I drinking and driving tonight? Yes, I am. I'm podcasting with a little bit of Everclear in me so it can clear my head, you know? Just a little snifter of Everclear to clean the bacteria out of my tooth and gums. I mean, it's got to be better than Listerine. You're not supposed to drink Listerine, right? It's also why I'm going to do the notes in reverse. So you'll see notes or maybe I'll, I don't know what I'll do with them. But if I finish this podcast, or even if I don't, all the notes will be in reverse because I just can't do it forward. The topics at the top are just way too fucking serious. The ones at the bottom are less serious. We can go, oh, that's funny. Like telling people they can't eat if they don't get vaccinated. It's funny. It's humorous to show people horror stories from other countries that you can't verify. To my knowledge, Alex Jones's FEMA camps and the and folks, whether you like me drinking Everclear or not, you need to hear what I'm about to say. To my knowledge, the Alex Jones FEMA camps are happening everywhere else but here. Yeah, I hear weird stories about Maine and the dog sniffing people's butts. I gotta say, I believe that the story exists because there are so many scare stories out there right now. But do I truly believe, okay, in the real world, not in cartoon world, not make-believe world, not BLM Antifa, Chap Cha's artificial reality Seattle world, thank you, Ferrari of Seattle, um, but in the real world, you know, these, these things, they have, they have a kind of feature to them. You know, not in make-believe world. 
to my knowledge, none of this bullshit's happening anywhere else that I can I can confirm. And from my experience, I don't see it here. And yes, there are stories about dogs sniffing for COVID and whatnot, but is that even remotely close to reality? Is that something we can even remotely think of as being, yeah, this is true, this sounds true, this seems true. Keep in mind, conspiracy theorists were mocked left and right a few years ago. Now, all of the media is flooded with theories about things. But what all the theories have in common, in my humble opinion, is they don't point anywhere near the truth. So people can latch on to their QAnon, and Trump's got a secret army, and, you know, the Chinese are going, going to invade us and attack us, whatever. And they can, they can glom on to Australia is living in a prison camp, and there's a monkey herpes virus that popped out of a bat's butthole in 2019 and started killing people. But all of these stories are total nonsense, really. Um, and I know that sounds haughty on my part to say that, um, that it's nonsense, but I, I don't know what else to say. Um, at this point in our history, th there's a lot of stuff we're being told that we don't really have an effective way to verify. And much of the Alex Jones horror story appears to be happening everywhere I'm not. I can't tell you for certain that somewhere in California there isn't some dude being loaded into a train. But what I can tell you is that between here and Seattle, I've not seen any evidence of anything other than the make-believe. I've seen the make-believe. I've seen the Seattle cops, you know, dressing up like black-clad commies and ushering BLM around Seattle. I've seen all that. I've seen and I've recorded Seattle employees helping out Chapchosia, Chapchapia, the commie thing that the, the, the taxpayers paid for. But I saw no evidence of anything like the monkey herpes or actual race war or any of the crap being reported in the news. Any of it. Here I'm getting serious already. Right now, it is possible that they're going to try to shut the PSYOP down. Because when you think about it, this type of trauma-based mind control, as I've said, has a time limit. However, they might not be shutting it down. Okay, there are other possibilities. One possibility is they're at a juncture. They're at a point where this fuzzy thing whether it's dollar collapse or imperial collapse or you name it, something more horrible, this fuzzy event seems to be stalled. Like it's not quite there yet. So like, why don't we pull on that rubber band more? And, you know, you pull on the rubber band until it snaps and somebody loses an eye. But we could be at a point where the tempo of the PSYOP is being turned down because the thing, whatever it is, hasn't gotten here yet. Got to be honest with you. I went out to walk the dog today. I felt like the energy of the sun had sucked me dry. You can interpret that crazy however you want to, but I went to walk the dog. And I went outside and the sky was horrific. 
It was horrific. It was filled with anything but reality. Yeah, you can believe in the magical contrails, but the reality is we were sprayed today in a huge way. I have no idea what they're spraying, neither do you for sure. And let's be honest, maybe even Dane Wigington, who writes a lot about this and talks a lot about this, he might not even know. It's possible that he's being fooled. You have to admit the possibility that you're being fooled. This is one of the problems we, you know, I, I would say one of the conundrums we have in approaching this current reality is knowing if you're being fooled. How do you know if you're being fooled if you're the fool? It's difficult. It's like being, you know, entranced by the magician. As long as you focus on the face and the eyes and the smile, you just keep your eye, you know, you got to keep your eyes off the hands. But the reality is, if you can keep your eyes off the thing the magician wants you to see, you'll probably see what the magician doesn't want you to see. And that's how reality works. Right now, people are entranced by a version of the COVID that goes like the following. The COVID is kind of real. It kind of killed some people who were fat. We don't really care about fat people. Masks probably don't work, and horse dewormer might help you. That is the current version of the monkey herpes psyop that is being pushed because it does look like they're turning the temperature down. But there's another scenario where they would turn it down. And, and this is what I call jailbreak. And I talked about it a little bit in early 2020 in a, in a, a podcast titled Popping Smoke. You can find it in the archives, and if you get pissed off about that, blame YouTube and SoundCloud and Amon Bhutani of GoDaddy and all the other motherfuckers who just assume rip me off and, yeah, treat all of us like shitheads. But anyways, in the archives, popping smoke, and it's early 2020, I think January, February. And I talk about that possibility, you know, um, that right at the end, imagine at the end, you're at the end, okay? Because this is a lot like the whole handing the keys of the cars to, to the teenagers when you're about ready to get a new car. Or, like when I mentioned, being in the fourth quarter or the fourth period, the end of the game. You're at the end of the game and one team is way, way ahead, so it's inevitable. So, And you're, you know, and this is grade school. So we all put in your fourth string. And when you look at the world since 2008, it's looked a lot like the end of that elementary basketball game. You put in your four string, you gotta give everybody a chance. Everybody gets to drive the old car before it goes to the dump. That's what the last 10 years have felt like to me. Maybe it's felt awesome to you. I know I've heard all kinds of crazy stories from the stranded skier, the unconscious skier. That's another podcast from 2019 where I talk about the two different kinds of economy that existed in the last 10 years. There was the economy that was really happening and then there was the hallucination in the skier that was slowly dying of hypothermia because the skier was unconscious in the snow alone and was slowly dying in the cold because you will eventually with the best gear if you remain unconscious in the snow you will die. And, and he thinks he's in the, the chalet with the underwear models. They're, they're all sexy, drinking martinis or apple teenies. Maybe even they drink diesel fuel in the future. But in reality, he's slowly dying of hypothermia. Fingers first, legs next, arms, you know. It all goes from the outside in, baby, so you can keep being in the fucking chalet inside your fucking head. 
That's been the economy since, I would say, 2008 at least. Two different economies. The one that's a fantasy inside the head and the reality that the body is dying. And I had people telling me in 2020, I can't believe it was a perfect economy and Trump was a genius and then they ruined everything. That's like not even remotely close to reality, but I get why, I, I understand why people need to believe it. The reality is, money printing in the last 10 years was a traveling roadshow. Um, it moved around the world, it focused on certain kinds of assets, and primarily it focused on a lot of assets that could only be called debt. And in the end, a lot of the money they printed kind of did go almost nowhere. I say almost nowhere because you can't print that much money without there being a consumer inflationary effect. Keep in mind, if you're an Austrian, every time you make up shit, every time you hand out a piece of paper, every time you create an IOU for a hamburger on Tuesday, you fuck, you've technically created inflation. I mean, that's if people take your IOUs seriously. That's if they use them as currency, because that's what the dollar is. It's an IOU, you fuck. But in the early 70s, we told the world, we don't. We don't owe you your gold, you fuck. And if you want to buy oil, if you want to keep your cars going, you're going to have to use dollars, you fuck. Yeah. That's because that's what free countries do. They have they have dollar kind of weird dollar monopolies and on certain types of resources. That's what happens in a free country. Totally, totally. And I know this is a screed, a rant, random. That's okay. I told you I'm going reverse because the first topic is daylight savings time. But I just, I don't know. I feel like I don't want to get into that yet because that's almost too serious. But I'm almost, I'm kind of too serious right now. Um, people do not want to believe they've been fooled. Uh, they don't want to believe they've been taken advantage of. They don't want to believe that this has perhaps happened before. And what's even worse, if this could be what I think it could be, like if they are turning down the temperature, and I can't say they, that they are because really, <laughs> they, don't, they, don't, they don't return my calls. But if they are turning the temperature down on the PSYOP, then it could also imply that we're at the end. Now, that doesn't tell me what comes next. And it, doesn't, it also doesn't tell you. It really doesn't. The problem with the types of events that we're thinking about is the following. This is a monumental lie. If I am right, it is a monumental lie. And again, that's if I'm right about it being a organized military psychological warfare operation involving multiple governments in multiple countries. If I am right that that is the case, this PSYOP has killed millions in suicides millions in overdoses, millions in people who had heart attacks because of it, didn't take care of themselves, got the diabetes, and ended up dying 
millions were killed that did not have to die. And that doesn't include people in, I would say, assisted living facilities, retirement homes, you name it, long-term care facilities. I have no doubt that there was a lot of actual murder that happened in 2020. And I have no doubt that some of that might have been ordered. Oh, of course, of course. When it comes to bureaucracy, it's always a wink. It's always a hint. It's always a nod. No, no, no. We don't kill people. We just give them an accidentally wrong prescription or something. We don't kill people. It's not murder. It's just an accident. It's an accident that will happen statistically, provably, in the same way that a lawyer would say there's racism in a university. But you don't have a right to use that same type of legal basis to go against hospitals because it was a fucking accident. We didn't mean to have an operating room filled with fungus. We didn't mean to have hallways covered in grumbo. We didn't mean to have toilets covered in amoeba that eat out your butthole for $55 an hour, baby. Yeah. Um, and that's a bit of a rant, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? As I sip on old Papa's, oh, old Papa's V2 fuel. There's nothing like old Papa Von Braun's orange-flavored V2 fuel. It'll take you to London. It'll take you out at night. It'll end with a bang. Because you're drinking old, you know, old Doc Von Braun's V2 fuel. Yeah, because that's the right thing to do on a Wednesday night when you're confronting a question of, could they be turning the temperature down because something's about to happen? And just y'all know, I'm a Christian. Whatever happens, it's in the hands of God. Do I believe in lesser catastrophes? Oh my gee. Read the Bible, study history. History is replete, replete with lesser catastrophes. These aren't catastrophes that end the world, they just happen to be catastrophes that end people's little world, and sometimes for a while. Like, you can actually have dark ages, and there's been more than one. And the technical definition of a dark age is the following, and I'm going to keep it simple. You got a few paragraphs, you got a few sentences, you might have a few woodcut pictures covering hundreds of years, and the rest of it is almost blank. You've got a few stories, a few tales, a few legends, but it's blank. There's nothing else there. That is a dark age. And, and it's not completely dark because you do have the tales. You do have the books. A few things do kind of make it through. I mean, there were ancient texts that survived the dark age in Western Europe between roughly the 4th century and roughly the 7th century, maybe uh, maybe the 9th century or 8th or 9th century uh, A.D. But the point is, there were ancient works that survived that period, mostly in the Byzantine Empire, um, you know, the Eastern Roman Empire, mostly within Islam. 
but yes, books did survive, but ultimately a dark age for any one region can be quite bad. <sighs> Could we be heading towards a dark age? You know, Jim and I talked about this on the podcast today, Gearing Up, and I recommend it despite my, the fact I'm still working on my audio here and I may have gotten the audio balance wrong, and if I did, I'm sorry. But we talked about this. Like, you know, you think about what it would mean if we lost the internet, we lost our power for some period of time. Would that be the end of the world? Like if, in fact, an EMP hit and, and knocked out all this electronic stuff, would we end up back in the Stone Age? And I think the simple answer is some places, yes. Like if you ask me, I think cities would go pretty much back to caveman times. <laughs> Maybe caveman plus a Glock, okay? Yeah, I think that cities... Um, if, if the current system, for whatever reason, started to fail, and I'm a big believer in the, in the idea that terribly engineered things will just fail on their own. Like, if you want to know the truth of things, if you build something really badly, it needs no help, it needs no terrorists, it needs no assistance whatsoever. If a building is built so terribly that it probably shouldn't exist according to the laws of physics, it will, in fact eventually fail. Nobody needs to do anything. Nature will do all the work. You know, we're talking about rain, wind, sun, you know, hot and cold. These forces of nature over time do a lot of damage. And you add in some saltwater spray and other corros corrosive materials, and you're cooking with gas. Give it enough time, pretty much everything fails. But badly engineered things, all things being equal, tend to fail first and fast. That's what they do. So we don't really need to have an EMP for this system, in my opinion, to just start basically going into cascade failure. It's just a question of what would be the event. And the other issue is this. If I'm right about the PSYOP, and I really think that I am, I'm pretty much in that 90% range. No one's 100% certain, but everything indicates it's been military psychological warfare since 2020. Um, and it's been, you know, they've done it many times before. So I'll get that out of the way. I, I don't need an email. Well, damn, they've done it before. I know they've done it before. Listen, they've been practicing. You remember the couple weeks after 9-11? If that wasn't some practicing for this bullshit... I'm not the, the clown king of Scrompton. Well, I'm not, but that was some, yeah. I think that was practicing. I really do. I think 9-11 was a lot of practicing. It had, it had many purposes. I think that that type of operation has to have more than one purpose, more than one deliverable, because you really just don't do it because somebody said something mean about the president. That's the kind of thing you do for a lot of different reasons. And I, and I would add this as being a reason. They probably wanted to test some of their most advanced techniques in psychological warfare. 9-11 was perfect for that.
And I gotta say, I don't like them. I think they're evil. I think they're shitheads. I think it's possible that some of them have been given the noble lie argument. I mean, I gotta tell you, if it's worse than the collapse of the dollar, if it's worse than the collapse of the American empire, and back into what we should be, which is a free republic, which would actually be right, if it's just those things, it will be hard, but it won't be the end of the world, and it probably won't be a dark age. You know, it'll be tough, but it'll be probably, if we're lucky, if we choose freedom, it'll be the kind of tough that can lead to new opportunities. And that is what this country was supposed to be about, right? Freedom? But imagine you're a colonel in the United States Army. I can imagine because I was once a lieutenant. I could imagine. And imagine being a colonel. And let's say you're special forces. And so you end up in a role where you are placed in a position where you learn something. Now you have a Q, probably have a Q clearance, which is above top, above top secret. There's secret, which is what I had. There's top secret, which is what I was supposed to get, which I never did get. And then there's Q clearance, which I almost got working for Hanford. Kind of glad I didn't get the job. Sort of sad, the reason why. Yeah. Long time ago. 20 fucking blimp talk years ago. Fuck. Time flies when you're having fun. Imagine you're a colonel in special forces. You're, you're, cur you're Colonel Riley O'Thomas. Your whole family has served the country, proudly, bravely, in wars. Maybe these weren't wars you agreed with. Hopefully, you know, Riley O'Thomas, you didn't. But you did it because you thought it was your duty. And someone comes to you. You're on a, you're on a special project. Let's say... For sake of argument, it's, it's around the Arctic Circle. And you're there, and you're currently seeing things that do not match the reality of what your family's telling you at home. Your family's telling you about flash freezes and super cold fronts and really weird, amazing snowstorms, just don't eat the snow, and weird blue balls <laughs> and spinning discs on their rivers that, that seem to be made out of something that could be ice. I mean, it is cold right? It is very cold. It's endothermic material, so it is quite cold and will probably give you a chemical burn in the lungs. But you, Colonel Riley O'Thomas, you're, you're currently on a project in the Arctic Circle, and what you see um, horrifies you. There, there really wasn't a winter this year. It, the temperatures did get close to freezing. There is actual you know, perceptible methane in the air column, which means methane itself actually is basically odorless. So that's kind of stupid what I just said. But it was perceivable based upon things like lighting a match and whatnot that there was methane, a lot of methane out there. Like it was so dangerous you couldn't go around lighting a match. In fact, you didn't want to do that. It was that dangerous. And he saw all of this. He saw a collapsing Arctic Circle. Folks, Full disclosure, I'm not one of those weirdos that believes in the climate change narrative. But just because they hire fools like Greta Thunberg and Al Gore to, to basically speak for an issue in a really foolish way does not mean the issue is foolish. 
I just got to say, you got to understand the propaganda that goes on. And they use fools just like they use sheepdogs. You know, they, I, I think... I think I'm going to talk about sheepdogs later to more detail, but sheepdogs are basically these alternative people that make it seem like you're being told the real truth, but they always keep you. They keep you away from the actual truth. The actual wolf in the woods, that's scary, the actual truth, they always keep you away from it. There's a lot of sheepdogs out there. I mean, I'm beginning to think that one or two people I've listened to for a few years are just pure sheepdogs. I don't know if they get paid by the government to say the stupid shit they say, but ultimately, it's like, it's like for example, when Dane Wigington talks about mass formation psychosis, it is way more within the doctrine of the United States military in terms of the way they do things to speak in terms of psychological warfare. So the very use of that terminology is designed to bring you really, really close to the truth but you really don't get there because he might be a sheepdog too. I don't know. He tells us that we're heading towards Venus syndrome. And listen, let's get back to, to Mr. Our Colonel Riley O'Thomas, because he's out there. It's, it's, it's actually not that cold. There's a lot of methane in the air, a lot of hydrogen sulfide, a lot of nitrous oxide. Whoo, isn't that laughing gas? I don't know. The point is, a lot of material in the Arctic Circle, in this scenario, is rapidly converting to gas because it's kind of like an organic transaction. You know, it was in the bank. It was in the bank for, for 10 or 20,000 years. It was going to probably convert at some point because there probably is a steady state model, if you believe what you're told, uh, an equilibrium model that would say the following for most of Earth's history is probably been warmer than it is now. That is probably true. But whatever the case might be, this is a big bill. It's a giant bill that, you know, that nature owes. And the problem is it, it wants it paid rapidly. These little critters that do the conversion, that the, the ones that take the organic material that used to be in the permafrost that used to exist, these little critters um, multiply at a geometric scale. So when people say things like, well, how fast can it happen? I don't know. I mean, you tell me how fast a bacteria can spread or how fast a fungus can spread or how fast any of these little critters can spread. They actually leverage an incredibly rapid growth cycle. So we, I don't know that we know how bad this could be, but Colonel Riley O'Thomas was told, he was told, listen, Riley, I got a project for you. Um, you need to go back to the United States and you need to talk about the monkey herpes. You need to talk about it being like, you know, terrible and all the dead people you saw at this one weird hospital. You need to drive fear into people that respect your name. They can't know the truth. They can't know that we are in a rapid transition to a new equilibrium. And it's probably hothouse earth, but some people think we could swing all the way through like a pendulum to something like... Worst case, snowball earth, as weird as that sounds. Because you have a huge amount of energy built up and evaporation's a thing. And he, and he hears all this. And, and folks, just to play the devil's advocate, Colonel Riley O'Thomas could be in a PSYOP. Um, there, there have been a couple of versions of this movie, but there's this movie, and, and one version, I think is from the 50s or 60s, 
of an American soldier that is basically put into a kind of situation by the Germans where he's led to believe the war is over, the Allies won, it was victorious. So you have this allied soldier that wakes up in a hospital. It looks American, people talking American, the nurse is all sexy, sexy American. It's all really perfectly American. Um, to the extent that a Nazi German type could, could pull that off in World War II, right? So this is a movie, it's fiction. And again, I forget the name. I think the original, the original movie was called Project X, but, um, it starred that guy that played Maverick, Rockford Files. I always forget his name. Anyways, um, he was this allied soldier that wakes up in a German hospital, okay, in World War II, but it looks American, they talk American, and they're basically telling him that it's an American hospital, the war is over, we won the war, sexy German nurse wants to have picnics with you in make-believe America land. Um, so when we talk about Colonel Riley O'Thomas and we talk about him being stationed on the Arctic Circle, we also have to be willing to entertain the possibility that he too could be mind-fucked. And, and, and again, you think it's impossible, but it's not. These people, they basically own Hollywood. And listen, when I was a kid, 1977, seven years old, I'd seen a lot of sci-fi dreck on Sci-Fi Theater Channel 11, I think KSTW, Washington State back in the 70s, baby. You watch a lot of that fucking dreck on, on Saturday afternoon. And, um, yeah. When I saw Star Wars Episode Four, it just still pisses me off. But when I saw Star Wars, I'm... Um, it was amazing. The special effects were amazing. And it only got better. And by the time I got into the Army, listen, our PSYOPs teams we worked with had audio equipment that could make you, basically that could project, could project a sound onto a geographical feature and make it sound like tanks were coming from that direction. They had all the best playlists, including Babies Crying. The point is, they had amazing equipment, and that was the stuff you show to people who don't even have a secret clearance. So this is basic public knowledge technology we took with us. Who knows what they had that was not public knowledge? I think it's certain they had pr technology for projecting sound and directing it so that only certain certain people could hear it. I'm pretty certain they could do stuff like that. So when you think about it, they've had the technology to mess with people. But let's say Colonel Riley O'Thomas is in one situation because the situation I'm choosing, you need to ignore for a second. Could be he's at Yellowstone. Could be he's at an, at an astronomical research facility, where the fuck that means, blah, blah, blah. Could mean he's at CERN. Like, let's change the story. I was going to talk about the clathrate gun, but let's talk about a different story. We're talking about Colonel Riley O'Thomas, Special Forces, U.S. Army. He's got seven degrees. He's got three ex-wives. He used to do some cocaine, but he's a strong airborne soldier, and he could kill you with his pinky. We just hope he won't. We hope you won't. Colonel Riley O'Thomas. 
man, how did we end up down on this weird story road? But um, let's let's change the venue. Let's ignore the clath rate gun, which would be horrible. But let's pretend it's something different. Let's say the year is 2007. And something has happened. Something not so good. The people at CERN... They said, oops, we took a particle, we pushed it to 80%. Not the speed of light, not the speed of time, not any speed you could understand utilizing quantum mechanics or theoretical hyper-quantum mechanics involving pseudo-particles called brotons. And protons, you know, are made of 100% beef. And, and beer molecules, they're, they're protons. And they're really good on salad. Yeah, they're great on salad, baby. Imagine Colonel Riley O'Thomas. We're talking about the noble lie here for a bit because it's why, it's why we need to understand how it's possible that men like Colonel Riley O'Thomas could participate in this horribly wretched PSYOP. This PSYOP, if I'm right, has, like I said, it's killed millions. It's killed millions and it's ruined people's lives and it's destroyed communities. If it is 100% bullshit for no purpose at all, then it is really a kind of holocaust. But the problem is I have a hard time believing that everybody would be willing to participate without some type of noble lie. There had to be a noble lie. There had to be a story. There had to be some message. You have to go along with this or else something terrible is going to happen. It's kind of like the JFK assassination. The CIA had to spin a conspiracy theory involving Cuba because otherwise a lot of people would said this looks like wretched bullshit this, this looks like an inside job. So the CIA has to spin the kind of, well, but it was Cuba, but guess what? We can't do anything about it. You just got to go along with the Warren Commission. Oswald was a blimp to block. Yeah. Imagine if at CERN in 2007, the physicist at CERN in Switzerland with a large Hadron Collider, imagine in 2007, those super scientists and sorcerers broke the speed of Bo Blimtok. And again, they're very, there's a speed of light, which is pretty fucking fast, like, I don't know, 300,000 kilometers per second, some kind of bullshit. Basically, it takes a second to get to the moon or something, blah, blah, blah. They got the speed of light. And then you got the speed of sound. But again, the speed of sound is based upon pressure. So in reality, when people talk about the speed of sound, it doesn't mean the same thing at like, Ground level is like, you know, high up. But they did specify a specific speed. And I think it is like 765 miles per hour. That's pretty fucking fast. 765 or whatever Bo Blimp Talk miles per hour. That's god-awful fast, baby. If you have a Ford, a Ford Fairmont with that straight six, I don't know how to say this. You're never getting to 765 miles per hour, baby. I'm sorry for breaking your heart. In 2007, the people at CERN 
broke the Boblimtok barrier. And when they did that, they created some type of thing. At first, they thought it was a thing they could watch, but then it grew. And then they had to put it in a bottle, but the bottle broke. And then they hooked up a series of electromagnets to create a kind of super fantastic magnetic field cage. It was complicated. It had pulsating magnets. It was painful if you got, you know, you got your penis caught inside. <laughs> oh boy, more than one Frenchman did that. Needless to say, um, this strange thing that they accidentally created kept growing. And the problem was it was growing. It was basically growing in a non-linear way, but it was starting out at such a small scale that they figured they had maybe another 10 years. Another 10 years until Boblimtok. Um, and from the way they described Boblimtok, it was basically the, the deconstruction of the known universe. Basically, all the matter would peel in upon itself, like peeling, I don't know, a potato. It's like a cosmic string comes along and just peels your body like a potato. All your skin gets flailed off first. Then your organs get pulled out of your butt. Then the sun explodes. And <laughs> believe me, that's kind of a kind mercy. So you're Colonel Riley O. Thomas. You're brave. You're honorable. And I'm not mocking that. I'm not a soldier. I was a soldier once and I was a crappy one. I'm not mocking you for being a soldier, but let's get real for a second. Your values can work against you, especially if they're working for the wrong purpose. So let's be careful about all this. Let's not obsess about whether we could be accidentally in a Nazi hospital. I hate to break it to you. I think... I kind of think the Nazis won the war. <sighs> yeah. In that figurative sense, um, you're Colonel Riley O'Thomas, and you've basically been told that a black hole was accidentally created, that the effects of the black hole would be apparent within a matter of a few years, and that within 10 years, its effects would be so extreme no matter what techniques they use, and they've been tossing, you know, dark matter down it, white matter down it, dark meat down it. They went to KFC and said, can you just chuck a bunch of KFC down that fucking hole? They even went to McDonald's. And, and then eventually they found themselves on Wall Street, and man, those guys understand holes. So says Mistress Nikita. Keep in mind, folks, I'm not talking about the clathrate gun any longer. That's its own horror, if it's true. And at some point, if it is true, there some very strange things will start happening. Like, for example, if the clathrate gun is true, at some point in the next year or two, you're going to see stories about people seeing ships just sink into the ocean like they're going over the edge of a waterfall. Um, really fast, really swift, so fast it will scare the fuck out of people. And that will be basically um, 
methyl hydrates, methane hydrates that are still stable right now, but would become unstable at some point in the clathrate gun scenario, and you start to get coastal methane blowouts. Again, the, you know, research the Bermuda Triangle. Don't look at the black hole theory or the Bigfoot theory. Look for the science. But there are frozen methane hydrates all along the continental shelves. They're basically a result of the rivers. Basically, organic matter flows out of the rivers, and eventually you get a, a process that results in these methane, frozen methane compounds, okay? Um, sometimes it's called clathrate under certain conditions, but let's just call it frozen methane. Fire ice, right? And it's deep in the ocean under pressure. If you were in the clathrate gun, the pressure temperature differential changes, and that means you can have these spontaneous eruptions of methane. It may seem trivial, dude, but it's basically like a giant fart. And the problem is within that column of water, the density goes down a lot. Yeah, density. So the density, the relative density of a ship to, to water, which is fine, right? You know, unless it's got a hole in it, is great. But over a column of methane, that container ship would sink, but it wouldn't sink slowly. You wouldn't have time to get the band plane. It would happen in a matter of seconds, and it would be gone. A lot like the stories of the Kraken. A lot like the stories of the Bermuda Triangle. And if you really reach, and again, these columns of methane, they just don't impact ships. They impact aircraft. If you're a jet and you fly through a column of methane, it will impact the aerodynamic features of the aircraft. And it can be catastrophic. And if the methane column is wide enough, it could be really catastrophic. So when we talk about these issues, I think we need to understand that there are many ways. Asteroid, clathrate gun, caldera. I almost went there with Colonel Riley O'Thomas, who is a handsome man and could be a porn star, you know, but he's a good guy. He's not going to do that. He's not going to use his body for porn. He's very handsome. Handsome, well, in good shape for a 50-year-old man, Colonel Riley O'Thomas. And in 2007, he was basically told the world is coming to the end. The world is coming to an end. That there are people who think we could do this and do that, and maybe they could punch a hole into the universe next door. There were lots of crazy ideas about how he can get out of jail free. But he was told honestly by the smartest people, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson and... You know, I think back then, uh, Stephen Hawking was maybe still alive back in 2007. All the smart people, Homer Simpson, um, Mike Tyson, they all sat down and said, listen, dude, uh, in about 10 years, plus or minus, the world is coming to an end. This black hole, this thing we accidentally created, it's going to keep growing. It's consuming matter and creating what's called supermatter or super neutronium, whatever you want to call it, it's getting bigger and hungrier. And yeah, we can make predictions about it, but the prediction is the CERN facility will be destroyed in a couple of years, and some of the effects will become obvious a few years after that, unless we do certain things, like we gotta, we gotta spray the skies. We gotta spray the skies, because they're gonna see shit in the skies that won't make any sense. And we gotta, and we gotta do fracking, because you know what? If we do fracking... And this is the thing. This almost makes it sound like fracking is total bullshit. But if we do fracking, 
all these earthquakes we generate will mask the fact that there will already be tremors. These little tremors are going to start happening. But if we, if we do the whole fracking thing for 10 years, baby, it was just fracking for oil, right? Colonel Riley O'Thomas was told that the world was coming to an end. And, he, and they basically said, we have a plan. And it's Bill Gates' plan, because Bill Gates is super smart, and he keeps my computer going until it doesn't. And when it doesn't, I get to call him on the phone and say, Bill. <laughs> yeah. Colonel Riley O'Thomas is told by the chief of staff of the, of the, of the army, by the, the, you know, by the command general staff, by the secretary of defense, this is the deal. We need you to spearhead a military psychological warfare operation. Something like what you did in Yugoslavia, you know, the thing you did with Serbs. But this time, it's got to involve something that's going to scare the fuck out of everybody. Or pretty much enough people is the key. And immediately, Colonel Riley O'Thomas, being a student of history, said, well, you're talking about a plague. Because plagues do scare the fuck out of people. Rightly so. There is a history of plagues in human history. Plagues aren't new. People have gotten sick for all time. We may think we can cure everything, and believe me, uh, I wouldn't lick the walls of a hospital, but <laughs> we may think we have drugs for everything, but eventually we find out, well, those great antibiotics, they managed to create entire generations of brand new bacteria that are antibiotic resistant. Um, wow, that's, that's a profound achievement. Colonel Riley O'Thomas immediately said, plague, it makes sense. And it does. It's something, if I can editorialize about myself for a second, in a, in a way. In 2019, I, I did podcast about things that it could be. And I did mention I, it could be some kind of monkey virus, but I never entertained the idea. And this is where I feel really stupid, that they would do something way more brilliant than a virus. Because doing biological warfare is just kind of stupid. Actual biological warfare is so unpredictable, so potentially destructive. Honestly, I think they're trying to do everything they can to contain hospitals at this point. In reality, if you wanted to find the most dangerous bugs on planet Earth, you would go to every major hospital, you would scrape the wall, you would grow stuff in auger or whatever material you would want to grow little microbes in, and then you would study the fuck out of the shit that grew in there. Because that would be a treasure trove of shit that you could use as a biological weapon. I just gave you a shortcut to a bioweapon. I don't know how you're going to culture it. That's up to you. But if you know how to culture microbes, just go to every major hospital, scrape the wall, scrape the floor, scrape the fucking sides of the toilet. Take food samples. And I promise you, you're going to find shit in there that could wipe out a lot of people. You don't need a Wuhan lab. You don't need Pfizer. You don't need Bill Gates and his shitty blue screen. You just need to go to these hospitals and scrape the fucking walls. Colonel Riley O'Thomas was told something. He was told that the world was coming to an end. And they, he was also said... Listen, this is a necessary lie. If we don't lie to people, at the right point, people will panic. 
People will go crazy. There are things they will see in the sky. There are experiences they will have. There are places that their minds will go that will be so strange, no one will be able to understand it. But if we give them the monkey herpes, if we give them the race war, if we give them all kinds of extra nonsense, including all the traditional fear-mongering about wars and lesser wars, we keep them confused, we keep them sad, we keep them angry, we keep them broken down. We keep them mostly immobilized statistically. We give them stories about, you know, cruise ships. Everybody was vaccinated and everybody got the monkey herpes. We get people used to the word cases versus, you know, deaths. Because in reality, if we thought in terms of death, a lot of things would be different. But no, 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 we give them a new propaganda. We do all of this and we keep them trapped. We've trapped their mind, but we're doing this to help them. This is what Colonel Riley O'Thomas is being told. He's being told that they fucked up at CERN. They did something in 2007 that triggered, in many ways, much of the, the recent history because you can't keep things that secret, not on Wall Street. They had every central bank printing money as long as they could, and they stretched it out because it was like they were with their $4,000 hooker. They needed, they needed to stretch it. And so they did, like Bernanke, Bernanke, then Yellen, and then Powell. They stretched it out. Um, but that wouldn't be enough at the end. All the spraying in the sky to make it difficult to see the, the signs in the sky, all the money printing at the end would not be enough. So they said at, at some point, when we think we're close, you've got to trigger the PSYOP and Colonel Riley O'Thomas, you're in charge of it. Now, I don't want to, I don't want to beat the story to death because I did want to talk about daylight savings time. Although I wonder if I will. <laughs> Maybe I'll just keep this the Colonel Riley O'Thomas podcast. I don't want to beat the story to death. But what I want to say about Colonel Riley O'Thomas is that he is the example I'm talking about of how it might be that they're keeping the PSYOP a secret. Keep in mind, you don't have to tell every doctor in a hospital that's a PSYOP. Oh my God, a lot of doctors are pretty fucking stupid. And so if you, if you give them a new device and say, this device tests for the monkey herpes, they're going to take the device. It's unlikely they're going to take it home and do black box testing. They're going to take the device and they're going to use it. And if it tells them somebody has monkey herpes, they got the monkey herpes. So it's not that hard to fool doctors. And when it comes to getting sick, listen, I've said this before, I'll say it again. I'm not Svengali, I'm not Sigmund Freud, I'm not some magician. But if you put me in disguise, the right kind of disguise in front of, in front of just an ordinary audience of Americans, and you gave me one hour, I think I could have half of them almost vomiting. It's because a lot of people are ready for this particular PSYOP. Listen, we were prepped. You know, pop culture, 
propaganda. In 2018, you had articles about disease X is coming. And it was, you know, obviously these articles were basically paid for by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. But yeah, back in 2018, there were fear articles. Disease X. Disease X is going to kill you. Disease X is going to give you the monkey herpes. Colonel Riley O'Thomas would be tasked with making sure all this happens. Colonel Riley O'Thomas would be the person that dealt with the difficult cases, the cases of doctors who wanted to tell the truth, the cases of hospital administrators that weren't total pieces of shit, which is probably pretty fucking rare, you know? In the few cases where you had ethical people, because if you're asking me, okay, a German um, general who reformed the German army between World War I and World War II was named von Siecht. Von Siecht. And he did a lot of things. Like he basically had a philosophy that every sergeant, you know, should basically be a captain or, or even a major. That every soldier should be trained for the job above them. And that type of philosophy stayed within the Wehrmacht or the German army. Um, he also had a concept of a position on the battlefield. And again, it's not about space or land or keeping land. Um, it's, it's about critical points on the battlefield, which he would call a schwerpunkt, a point at which the entire battlefield hinged. Could be strategic territory, could be command and control. There are many, many forms of critical terrain or high-value targets on a battlefield. But von Siecht set, took it to the next level and said, on a campaign level, there are these places, these schwerpunks within a campaign that if you know what you're doing, you'll win the battle. Um, and, and, he, and they were the point of maximum effort. That's where you go. That's where you direct your forces. The hospital, in many ways at this point, is the schwerpunk. And I'm not sure for who. It's, it, in reality, it's usually for both sides a kind of meaningful place in the battlefield. But I would say the hospital is the place, the juncture, the critical hinge. If there were people in enough hospitals willing to tell the truth, I think that a lot of this could change overnight. But I just, you know what? I just don't think it's going to happen. Because I do think that folks like a Colonel Riley O'Thomas would probably go around the country saying, listen, if you think this is BS, here's a greater lie. It's like the Cuba thing. He probably would not tell them the truth about CERN, but he might say there's a greater disease coming, a greater bacteria, a super virus called virus Blimbo 79. He might come and say Blimbo 79 is coming and if we don't do the monkey her herpes hokey pokey, we won't be ready for Blimbo. He might have been going around the country telling hospitals this shit. Who knows what Colonel Riley O'Thomas was doing? He was doing his job. He was told that it was his job to tell a noble lie. To keep people mind fucked because something worse was coming. One of the side effects of this PSYOP is it has reduced traffic. But what's more important is that when the big thing hits, 
it will be such a, a you know, kind of being punched in the face, like what Mike Tyson said, you know, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. It will be such a punch in the face. A lot of people will be stunned and immobilized because of that. Basically, it means that a lot of people in the worst case scenario will simply die at home because that's the kind of scenario it looks like, like it could be that bad. Um, or it could be they just needed the roads clear long enough. Who knows? Um, but again, I don't think it's anything to do with a black hole. I just think that if you want to go through this thought process concerning this kernel, it kind of helps us understand what could be going on in the U.S. military right now. I do not believe the monkey herpes is real. So best case scenario, it's some type of crude plan the deal with the collapse of the dollar and potentially the collapse of the empire. It, if that's the case, I, as I've said in the past, it's like remodeling with dynamite. It's kind of crazy. I mean, and, and I got to say, folks like Colonel Riley O'Thomas would be people who maybe have grassroots you know, connections to Kentucky. And the people of Kentucky could say, yeah, we're pissed off at the government. And yeah, you know, they don't let us grow our weed. But we're not really ready to have a civil war. So a guy like Colonel Riley O'Thomas would probably know that people don't really want to start, like, fighting some ridiculous civil war. They simply want their freedom, and maybe they feel like they're being fucked with, but they're not really violent or dangerous. So it's hard to believe that these people that would call themselves patriots... Um, would serve simply to defend a crooked empire. It is hard to believe. I think some of them might. I want to believe it's not that big a number, but I could be wrong. But what if people were told in the, in the upper echelons of the military, because it would be the military mainly. Frankly, the, the rest of the bureaucracy of D.C. is so stupid, so focused on the wrong thing, so caught up in their own mindfuck, that you don't even need to do anything about them. They completely make themselves clueless. So you don't need to do anything about the federal bureaucracy for the most part. You just let them do their own stupid shit for 10 years and then they die. Um, right? But the military people, the problem is they're involved in physical security. They're involved in making sure that we control some of the most dangerous assets you know, the United States military has, like nuclear weapons. And if you're going to do some kind of crooked bullshit involving high energy, you might even want to use a nuke because every sci-fi movie, you solve a problem the way good old Uncle Edward Teller's magical cure, hydrogen bombs, you know. Hey, you want a, you want a harbor? Hydrogen bomb. You want a lake? Hydrogen bomb. Hey, you want a hospital? Well, I can't make a hospital, but I can blow one. Hydrogen bomb. Edward Teller. Uh, anyways, different guy, different story. There, there are people in the military you would have to tell. You'd have to tell them, especially if it's a PSYOP, because they train. The CIA trains. Listen, I don't like it. I don't like that they train so much on mind-fucking people, but the reality is they train for it. And so it's like the summer of 2020 in Seattle. At first, I reported gunfire. But then after a few nights, I started thinking about it. And like I started saying this on my podcast, it could be gunfire. It could also be PSYOP Hunvees, 
you know, Hummers, PSYOP Hummers, rolling around Seattle with their speakers on. But these aren't normal speakers, folks. If you're asking me, can they pull off faking AK-47s and 9 mils going off up and down Capitol Hill? Yes, they can fake that. They're that good at that. And, and, and I'm not even sure they would do the rolling Humvee. At this point, they would probably use drones. So, so the, the fact is, they can do things like this, and they have a history of doing those things. And if you're going to pull off something like the monkey herpes, you're going to have military medical facilities involved. It's going to happen. They're going to get involved. Okay? Like the Washington National Guard. They're going to get involved. So how do you, you do that? Unless you assume that the entire officer corps of the military is rotten. And I just have a hard time believing that. So how do you convince the people at that middle level? How do you convince, you know, maybe people from the the level of a major or a captain all the way up to you know the generals that do the st- that do things there are generals that do nothing and just have stars and then there are generals that do things so all the way up to the generals and the current the full bird colonels that do things how would you convince them to lie to their neighbors to lie to their family potentially they'll have loved ones that kill themselves Potentially, they'll have loved ones whose businesses go out of business and they are forced to become homeless. So the reality is you're basically trying to convince people to torture their friends and family because you're afraid that at the end people might go crazy and they might go nutty and they might just go crazy and nutty and we just got to keep people under control. Because I got to tell you, folks, this is not a decade plan. Yeah, 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 we're going to be in year three here in a couple months. But folks, I got to tell you, three years of this type of PSYOP is not three years you ever, ever, ever want to fucking see. It's not going to end well. And I know you think I'm crazy, cocaine crazy. I probably am. I was going to talk about daylight savings time. Because, again, I'm going to save that for another podcast. But, again, daylight savings time is kind of a mind fuck. You should study. In fact, let's look at the history. Before we go, this article is from NBCChicago.com. And it, it was published on 1st of November of last, November the 1st last year, 2021. So how did daylight savings time get started? Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to blah, blah, blah through this. You know, there was an essay by Benjamin Franklin. Then Germany did it during World War One, And then the United States did it for a little while during World War One, And then in 1942, 1942 Bob Limtock, FDR instituted the year-round daylight savings time. He called the war, war time. Wow, there's nothing Orwellian about that war time. Um, yeah, if you study, you should, brothers and sisters. If you want to understand the crooked nature of mind control in this country's history, one way of studying it, study the history of daylight savings time. Because to my mind, I don't know who or what it's protecting or helping, but it is a total mindfuck. And people went along with it. 
And it is such a mind fuck that if you get it wrong, you're probably going to break a law. Like there's probably computer systems where if you don't have the right time in them and they do the wrong thing, you might, it could be bad. So yeah, you could get in trouble. Who knows? Um, <laughs> daylight fucking savings time, you know? So if we're going to think about the people that would have to know the full truth, it would be people like Colonel Ry Fullbird, Colonel Riley O'Thomas, Special Forces, Green Beret. He's been to all the schools, Ranger School, Airborne School, Aerosol School, Seer School. He's obviously been to the Q course. He's, he's, he's been trained on all these weapons in all these schools. He knows how to fly a jet and a helicopter. He is a very intelligent person. He's written papers that people read in books where, you know, you know, they don't have anything better to do on a Saturday night. Like foreign affairs. He's not an idiot. So you'd, you'd have to tell people like that the truth. They would figure it out probably. Um, whatever it is, whether it's Yellowstone Caldera or the, the crazy ass clathrate gun bullshit or the fucking, yeah, we accidentally created a black hole and it's about to destroy the world. There are a whole bunch of scenarios that are like that. And, and someone would be told, if we don't do this, people will just do terrible things. The main message here before I leave is, is a question of trust. A lot of people I know trust the government. But the question you really need to ask yourself is, do you honestly believe that the government trusts you? Because the simple answer is no. So you go around basically trusting a sociopath. You trust somebody that is not only going to mistreat you, but no matter what you say, will always think you're a liar. Always. You think you have the presumption of innocence. Oh my God, isn't that the, one of the, the greatest stories ever told? No, it's almost the opposite. The very system is designed to stain you. You'll be pulled into it. It will cost you money and no amount of presumption of innocence will ever make you whole again, ever. So you trust the government, but I, I hate to break it to you. The government doesn't trust you. And so the day comes that they want to do something crazy, they'll do it to you, and they just don't care. They don't care if you get cancer. They don't care if you die. They don't care if your business gets destroyed. They just don't care. And what's most important, they don't trust you. They don't like you. They are a sociopath, and you are just an object. The reason why I can't sleep at night is because I have a hard time believing this kind of lie hides the collapse of the dollar. They could have done that so many other ways. There were so many smarter ways. The other problem is, is that this kind of PSYOP requi required pretty much every government on earth to participate to some extent. I'm not sure everybody wanted to participate. It looks like, you know, Belarus didn't want to, but that doesn't mean they didn't participate a little. Like they had to at least, you know, participate in the basic lie. There's a magical virus and Chris Martinson says it crawls up drains and you should be scared and, and are you scared? They did participate in the fear machine, 
But the bottom line is, you know, a lot of governments participated. Now, here's the scenario that we have to also entertain because this gets back to that, and I think it was called Project X, the original one. Again, there's a Matthew Broderick Project X that comes out, I think, in the late 80s, um, different movie. But And there's another version of Project X, you know, another version of it later on that's essentially the same story. It's a common storyline in many in many motifs of, of science fiction literature, this idea that you're being fooled. Someone is fooling you on purpose. Um, there are Twilight episodes like that. But the point is, in this storyline, you're waking up and you think it's the end of the war, but it's not. And what I'm telling you is that the same thing could be going on right now. Um, but it's hard for me to believe they would do something like that. And and it would be because of, like I said, the collapse of the dollar, the collapse of the empire. All of that could be done differently. All of that could be done in a way where people could actually, I don't know, if you're going to, I mean, I don't think you should fuck with people, but if you're going to mind fuck people, at least give them a good trip. Right, and this has not been a good trip. They could have given them aliens and and pyramids on Mars, and we're gonna go meet the aliens, and they're gonna give us the magical elixir. That shit would have bought them all kinds of time, and it would have it would have left us with a smile on our face. So if it was gonna be the end, 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 at least people could say, "Well, we almost met the aliens." This particular PSYOP is destroying lives, destroying families. I, I hate to beat a dead horse, but they're beating the dead horses to death. Uh, this PSYOP is destroying not just Western culture, it's destroying all culture. It's destroying the fabric of society. If you like living in the cities, this PSYOP is destroying your city because there is no functional city unless you want to be hamsters in a tube. There is no functional city under which you can live this way for more than a couple years without people going batshit crazy. And I'm sorry, you can believe whatever crazy shit, nutty shit you want to, but when you wake up with a bloody knife in your hand after killing your, your boyfriend, yeah, I think you need to meditate on the possibility that this is going to drive everybody batshit crazy if it doesn't end. And the cities are probably going to be the worst hit. Um, because you can kind of, you know, you can LARP a fucking pandemic in the country because there just aren't that many fucking people. But how do you participate in the normal civic society in a city with this kind of shit going on? The answer is it does not work. People get shut in. They get their diabetes gets worse. Their heart disease gets worse. They don't care. They drink too much. They kill themselves. They overdose. Nobody cares. I cannot believe that people would do this because they're worried about their 401k. Like maybe there are really crooked people in the military and their main concern is their pension. But it's hard for me to believe that they would mind fuck their brothers and sisters for their pension, that they would ruin people's lives, that they would essentially support a psyop that would lead to people killing themselves on a massive scale, it, especially children. It is hard for me to believe that anybody of good conscience who might have taken the oath with me in 1996 would allow that kind of wretched shit to happen. 
So if they are doing this, and again, I could be wrong. I'm sure some motherfucker, oh, Dan, you're crazy. I could be crazy. You always have to posit the possibility that you're insane. And there's also the possibility that you're both insane and also correct. Um, I think Nietzsche was one of those people that was right about a lot of things, but he was also probably a little bit crazy. You never know. But definitely, you can be crazy and you can be right. It's possible. Um, So if you ask me at this point, given the nature of the PSYOP, it must be hiding something bad. It has to be, by definition, worse than the collapse of the dollar. The reason why I entertain the collapse of the dollar is because I'm trying to be optimistic. It's a hopeful thought. I, I think it's hopeful to think that's the reason why they did this. It's also extremely monstrous. And if we're not, if we're not sending people to you know, the gallows by the hundreds from Wall Street and the Eccles Building and from the deep state deep state for doing this. If we're not actually prosecuting these people and, and basically executing them, because if all this was really done because of their pension funds, this is, this is basically a holocaust because they needed their 401ks to work out. No, that, that, that can't be allowed to pass. That, that won't be allowed to pass. And I'm not talking about the justice of Jesus because of course Jesus will have final justice. I'm talking about the reality that these people have completely lost their right to call themselves human. If they did this because they're trying to protect the flow of money, dirty money that simply gets printed, if they did this simply for a bottom line, then they really do deserve to face the ultimate justice of the mob. I'm sorry. There is no other answer. And you could argue, well, that's why they're doing the monkey herpes, Dan, because they ripped us off, they stole our, all of our money, but I just don't know. It seems like they were going to keep printing anyways, and they could have probably done that for a bit longer. So it's hard to believe they had to stop the printing presses at that time. Yes, there were problems in 2019 involving the repo market, and that was a serious issue. And probably the banking system was on the verge. But this is that whole chicken and egg thing. It, it really is. It goes back to that whole question. If, in fact the deep state believed the world was coming to an end. And again, I, I don't believe it is, but let's say they believe it is. Then what wouldn't they do? I mean, let's say back in the 90s, they figured out all this was going to happen and they needed to get control of the whole fucking thing. And they needed a fear machine that would last 20 years to cover things up. Well, when you think about it, the war on terror almost worked. I mean, it did. It almost worked. It was almost the fear machine that would last a couple decades. It didn't quite work. It kind of petered out. It ultimately failed. But the war on terror almost was that long-term psyop. It kind of fell apart. I mean, the narrative was a bit faulty from the, from the get-go. And then eventually people got over that horrible fear of, of everywhere there's a terrorist to blow you up. And then they realized maybe realistically that wasn't a realistic fear, you know, and probably not a good reason to invade a bunch of countries. 
by 2016, I think people kind of saw that. And then you have the Trump trauma drama. Man, that was a show that lasted, it almost lasted long enough. I kind of think, if you ask me, if this is, if, if the PSYOP is to cover up fuzzy events, and that's what they've been doing, a big, bad, fuzzy event, if you ask me, their supercomputer told them that by January of 2021, which means a year ago, it was over. I don't think they expected the thing to keep stumbling along to 2022. It's why they got to turn, it's one theory as to why they got to turn down the temperature on the PSYOP. So maybe they do hang Fauci out to dry. Maybe they do end up you know, having hearings where they grill Bill Gates, but they're never really going to do anything to him. It's like grilling any of these people. They'll get questioned. It's like L.A. law. It's theater. I mean, if anything, if it were even a little real, it just means that Hillary gets smarter. They all get a bit smarter about how they do things, but they're not going to stop doing them. They're going to keep doing the same wretched, horrible crap they've been doing since Bo Blimtalk began in 2007. The age of Bob Talk. I don't think it's good to talk about the end of the world, but I do think it's good to talk about the possibility that we're being lied to on such a scale that whatever the reason is for it, it better be a good reason or at least one that's plausible. Because if it really was just about the U.S. dollar, then a lot of people do deserve to go to jail for the rest of their fucking lives. A lot of people do deserve to face capital punishment. I'm an anarchist saying this, but the community will demand justice in one form or another. I'm sorry. If this was all done for really stupid reasons like that, I'm not saying there is a good reason, by the way. There is no good reason. I'm not a fan of the government. But if, if this was done for the most wretchedly crass reasons you can imagine, then there would have to be mobs of justice because history would demand it. But that also means you have to assume all of these mid-level officers in the military are complete pieces of shit because they pretty much all have to be. They would have to be in on it on some level. They would have to be given some noble lie. And maybe the noble lie for them was, well, Blimbo 79's coming. And so we have to get prepared for this really bad real pandemic. This is not a real pandemic. We're, we're scaring people to get them ready for the real, real, real pandemic. Blimbo 79. Or maybe it's like Colonel Riley O'Thomas and they pull him aside and say, and you know what? It could be Colonel Luisa Espinoza. It could be Colonel Luisa Espinoza and she's hardcore and she's tough and she's a woman and she's proud of it and maybe she's lesbian and it doesn't matter. The point is, it doesn't matter. It could be any gender. It's irrelevant. But let's say Colonel, it's Colonel Riley O'Thomas. And these are the people you're going to have to tell. Because these are the people, like I said, who will figure it out. So I'm going to close out this podcast. I, I've, I've gone all over the place with it. I didn't want to scare anybody, but I do want to have that honest conversation that this kind of a lie is so big 
that you do have to wonder what the fuck is it intended to cover up. If it was just the Scroobly, just the big robbery, then it really does demand that we just don't pretend it didn't happen. This is, this is not a, a time when Stockholm Syndrome is going to help us. If this is really them ripping us off and then turning the PSYOP off, oh, we'll offer up Fauci and we'll talk about horse dewormer and everybody's fine. And oh, wasn't it funny talking about being chipped and having vaccine pads? Wasn't that funny? The FEMA, oh, that was funny, wasn't it? We pretended. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, Americans being who they are, a lot of them, not bad people, but they try to be optimistic. They say to themselves, I got to go on with my life. Okay, they're assholes. It's, it's life. They're assholes. A lot of people would not think too deeply. Like if they were told another noble lie, that the, that the, that the, that the lie was over, that now we are all okay and it was all just a big scare and it's no big deal. Mass formation psychosis, you know. But you do have to ask yourself, especially if you know anybody who's been harmed by the lie, you do have to ask yourself, was it worth it? Because if it wasn't, and you're a voter, and you're a good American who supports the quote-unquote system, you have a lot of soul-searching to do. A lot. Okay? The government, in my opinion, did this to you. Okay, if you lived in Capitol Hill last summer and you had to deal with Chaz Chopia, the government did that to you. Okay, it wasn't random. It wasn't any bugbear that, you know, Ian Miles Wrong or Andy No Clue saw. It was a completely orchestrated event. And I have film of it. It was bullshit. They, the government did that to you. So why would you keep voting for any part of it? After there's evidence that there's no amount of abuse that you will not suffer. They don't trust you. They will always abuse you. It sounds like the worst, most dysfunctional relationship ever. So why would you be in a relationship with it at all? The smartest thing a lot of us could do would be to abandon these places. Because yes, I think cities are great. Cities are wonderful. But cities that have been driven insane are the opposite of cool places to be. And yeah, these places will become like cave people. And I don't mean that in some racist way. It'll have nothing to do with the color of your fucking skin. It'll have to do with the fact that a lot of people in the cities are people who will stare at their smartphones weeks after their stomachs are eating themselves from the inside out. They will, they will think, it's going to come back on. And I'll order from Pagliacci. I'll have the first order in the Pagliacci. I'll get a large pepperoni. I'll just do it. It'll be that easy in the age of Boblintok, right? The cities are going to be terrible. Um, best case scenario, a lot of cities will be, will descend into some type of chaos. Some will be okay. And that's if it's dollar collapse. That's if it's the collapse of the empire. It's going to have economic effects. A lot of cities are not prepared for that yet. They, they're going to have to be. And people will have to get over a lot of bullshit. A lot of bullshit they've been fed. 
a lot of divisive bullshit that is so fucking irrelevant. And I don't care if it's about gender or color of your skin or how old you are, young you are, pretty, ugly, fat, skinny. It's irrelevant. When you have to figure out a way you're going to feed your family, a lot of bullshit goes away. Because it comes down to, where am I going to get the food? Where am I going to get the water? Where am I going to get the shelter? I'm cold. How do I stay warm? Even best case scenario, dollar collapse would be, for us, I think worse than the collapse of the Soviet Union was for, for the Russians. I think that because the thing is, at the end of the day, there were still these external financiers, even if they were crooked, who could swoop in with their money and say, here's some money, we'll help you poor Russian. They're, unless you believe in aliens or the people of the inner earth, no one's going to swoop in and help the United States. The rest of the world is more broke-ass broke than we are. So if you're asking yourself who's going to bail us out, the answer is nobody. I mean, like I said, I think it's as likely as not, if you took away the veneer of the propaganda, that China is in a state of civil war. And a lot of this Wuhan nonsense is designed to cover that up. I don't know this for certain. It is a conjecture. But the idea that the Chinese are going to invade Taiwan or invade the United States, I think it is absurd. And if it does happen, I'll admit I was wrong. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Chinese government wants you to believe that because I think our own government wants you to believe that. But it's not going to happen. It's more fear. It's more bullshit. It's like the hypersonic missile crisis. It's not new. There have been missile crises going back to the beginning of the Cold War. It is a recurrent phenomenon to claim your enemy has a super technology, and if you don't spend a lot of money, we'll all be dead. That is a common CIA Department of Defense story going back to 1947. So this idea that suddenly there's this new technology we couldn't have possibly known about because we were focused on terrorists. Oh my God, I guess you can't walk and chew gum. Yeah, yeah. A lot of mind screwing, so it's hard to sift through it, isn't it? A lot of it. I don't know. I don't know, my friends. I think there's something horrible about what they did, but I also don't know what it means. I don't. I truly don't. If you ask me today, I'm almost a little bit hopeful in some ways, but I believe it's delusion. Like, I can see why people want to grasp at straws. I get it, because I've been kind of doing that of late. Like saying to myself, well, maybe I can find the protein. Maybe I can find the grease. Maybe there'll be a woman massaging my gumbo, giving me babies, even though I'm really old. Even though my body is turning, you know, inside out. I know I've been meandering a lot tonight, but that's been one of the things that keeps me up at night.
I think there are many ways to look at the tempo being apparently turned down. I don't know that it is. I, I don't know that it is. The thing about this kind of PSYOP, trauma-based mind control, is designed to wear people down. And if they think that they were wrong about their predictions about the big whatever, then at some point they would have to grab that that dial and turn it down. Not quite to zero, but to something where people can pretend that life goes on. Um, but I was looking at the sky today, and I got to tell you something. It looked gross. It didn't look a little gross. It looked really gross. And that's what I've seen everywhere I've been the last few years. And if you're going to tell me it's always been like that, I got to say, I think you're full of shit. Um, no, it hasn't always been like that. Whatever's going on, and I don't think anybody at our level of existence knows or could know for sure, whatever's going on, they're lying to us. Um, I don't know for certain what's going on in the Arctic, but I think they're lying to us about it. I, I do not believe a lot of the weird weather um, that I've seen, but then people tell me it's perfectly normal. There are many signs in nature from where I grew up, like the orca whale, where it looks like orca populations are in great distress. And that's a nice way of putting it. And the problem is orcas really are the the fat lady in this context. They're, they're apex predators. They're at the top. And when they're dying off, that means the food chain underneath them is in a lot of trouble. Um, that's the truth. So I don't know what the real full truth is. I have seen my own signs. I have seen things with my own eyes, not spiritual signs, not, you know, acts of the Lord in heaven or angels. I mean signs in nature, things that signify to me that something's wrong. But I don't know what's wrong. Um, I just have a feeling something is wrong. And I also have a certainty that if they knew something was seriously wrong, they would they would not tell you the truth. It's like that heuristic. If the government says something's going to happen in 100 years, it's either never going to happen or it's already happening. <coughs> Baked into... The core concept of the noble lie is this simple idea. People in power not only don't trust you, but they feel it is noble not to trust you. Baked into the concept of a lie being told to the Colonel, you know, Riley O'Thomases or Thompsons or Franks, the lies being told to majors and colonels and lieutenants and people within the military right now are, are basically violations, not of the social contract, but of kind of the basic contract between creatures that are social. And there's a big difference. It's kind of that implicit agreement that to the best of our ability, we're not going to fuck with each other. It isn't something we say. It isn't something we write on our chest. But if we were, you know, if we kind of grew up okay and we weren't raised by baboons or hyenas or wolves, we kind of grew up with an idea that you just, it's not nice to be a bully and it's about as bad to fuck with people. You're not supposed to do that. You should feel wrong if you do. Believe me, I did something like that when I was 18 and I still have trauma about it to this day, to be honest with you. Because even though it didn't happen to me, it happened to a bunch of 17-year-olds, 
I felt bad about it. You know, it was basically the incident with the elevator where I just convinced, I don't know why they would listen to me, why they felt they should all just load into the elevator, but I ordered them to do so and to go up a floor and that was it. That was it. The emergency locks went in and it was a Sunday not far from Spokane in 19, yeah, 1988, Bob Limp Dock. And uh, I was, I was a, a counselor or whatever. Yeah, I was 18 years old. They were 17. Why would a 17-year-old listen to an 18-year-old? It boggles the mind. But it also boggles the mind that I so cavalierly just said, you guys should load into the elevator and go up a floor. It's crazy. I didn't think they would do it. I'm, but I also never thought I would do something like that. Am I a bad person? I mean, in a way I am because... If I hadn't have done that, those young men would not have been trapped in an elevator for several hours. But the reality is, in my mind, I could not conceive of people being that stupid. Like, in my head, that was my conceit. I knew people were dumb. I knew back then people would believe completely ridiculous shit. Because I knew, as smart as I thought I was, I could be led to believe completely ridiculous shit. And as I got older, I convinced myself I was over most of it. You know, it's funny. It, it, maybe some people show up with enlightenment when they're one year old, and that must be the Buddha. But for the rest of us, it's like an onion. You peel away a layer, and then sometimes you just hold that onion in your hand, no matter how rotten it gets, and just leave it there. In reality, you just got to keep peeling, you know. Um, you, you just can't stop. <sighs> I was very close when I was 29. I, I would have told you I was an anarchist at that point, and then I fell in love. And the problem is, I fell in love with somebody that believes in the system. Doesn't make this person bad, you know. I think they're wrong, but I'm sure they think I'm wrong. That's the how, you know, that's kind of how the world works. But it doesn't make someone bad to believe something that might be wrong. And in this case, she believed in the system, she believed in voting and whatnot, and that path I was on kind of got halted for a while. Um, who knows where that would have headed. But in reality, you can't really just undo the, the effects of a relationship. So you can't just simply say life would have been better or worse. There's really no way to be, there's really no way to know. That's also the truth. Life could have been a lot worse. So... that I should close this out because we're almost at two hours and I've been mostly talking about Colonel Riley O'Thomas or Magnus O'Mitchum you know I'm trying to think of names of aftershave you'd find at the PX that uh, a ranger would want to wear you know before going out on a Saturday night but honestly dude they got no ordinary names and they're ordinary people a lot of them you know we Anarchists like myself will paint with a broad brush, but the reality is a lot of these people are just doing what they think is a job. And if we're also honest with ourselves, much or most of the U.S. economy is so statist and so stultified and so zombified 
that you kind of have to think of it in Stalinistic terms as well. So you can't really be standing in judgment. If you work for Microsoft or Apple or Google, or you work for some small startup, but you're working in the system on the Death Star, you shouldn't be too judgmental. We're all kind of working on the Death Star at this point. Um, and we're all using Vader bucks. <laughs> V-coin, Vader coin. Raw mining coin on the Death Star. We shouldn't be too judgmental, but I have to say, folks, there are certain things you don't do. You don't physically assault children. You don't go around raping and stealing. You don't murder people. Um... You, you, you can probably definitely kill someone because you're trying to defend yourself, but your purpose should never be to kill. And you probably shouldn't tell a bunch of kids, even if you're just one year older, to go on an elevator and see if you can go up a floor. It sounds absurd. It sounds weird. But people might just go ahead and do it because people in our society that go to public school get taught to obey. And it's scary how powerful that is. I learned that when I was 18. I learned how scary it was just the use of a few words. I had a very smart teacher in high school who warned me about this because I didn't get probably the guidance I needed and that's not anybody's to blame but life. But I ended up doing the whole public speaking thing. In reality, I, I think I should have done the science and engineering thing and my life would have been different and that was probably the important juncture right there. But a lot of that was my fault too. So let's just place blame where it is. Life happens. You make a choice one way versus another. But I got caught up in the whole public speaking thing, and I did well at it. I was a good public speaker, and I even did student government, because I, not because I believed in it as much as it was a game. I didn't see any of it as being very real, but it was a game, and everybody played games. People played basketball. Pe people played football. I wasn't really that good at any of those games. I mean, I did technically letter in football, but I think it was mostly just given to me, you know, out of sadness. I don't think it, you know, pity and sadness mainly, but um but I was good at that one thing and that was tugging on the heartstrings, which is horrible. Because if you read about Hitler, he was good at that too and pff, nobody wants to be Hitler. I mean, there are probably people that dream about getting in front of a crowd and telling them to do something wretched. But from my perspective, that's got to be the most, the, of all the hells, that would be one of the worst hells um, to be trapped in that. Like I said, I'll never forget that day, the summer of 1988, because I never lost the guilt of it, the shock of it. I never really fully processed it. You could even say that it's only been recently during the monkey herpes that I've really understood how brutal the public schools are in training people to be obedient, that an 18-year-old could tell 20 17-year-olds to load onto an elevator uh, and try to go up a floor. It's crazy, but it actually happened. And there's a one or two kids, I think, that had claustrophobia, so add that to the guilt trip. And you could say, well, Dan, it didn't happen to you, and you are correct. I made a choice. But tell me how absurd it is that anybody would do that. Unless, of course, they were raised in a system where you do what you're told. And it is ironic, 
because you're also raised in a system where you t- where they tell you this is a free country. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be Colonel Riley O'Thomas. I got to be honest with you. When I was in the Army back in the 90s, I didn't know what was coming, but I had a sense some pretty terrible shit was coming. And I think I was kind of right about it. I was wrong about some things. I think I personally overestimated the threat of China because of the stuff we were being fed about China primarily. And I underestimated the possibility that the ultimate, the ultimate threat would continue to be some type of Middle Eastern terrorist or dictator. I, it felt like that story was no longer a valid story, and yet that story became the story of, of the early 2000s, you know? Toppling countries. Toppling one country after another. Trying to get rid of Assad in Syria. I could have been Colonel Riley O'Thomas. I made my own choices. Listen, I, I rent a basement and I couldn't pay for rent this month. So I rent a base, a room in a basement and I could not pay for rent this month. Factor that into your equations when you appraise the, the good or bad choices. Me personally, I've made a lot of choices probably in, in too much in the moment at times, but I've been primarily motivated by principle. And that that seems weird to people until it's not. We were raised in a system that tried to raise people to be amoral little machines that didn't care about their neighbors, that plugged into something and plugged out of people. We were raised to basically objectify each other. And, And in that sense, there are generations of people in our country that are functional psychopaths. They really are. They might not have started there, but public education has turned them into that. If you live in a city and you're out of food for a week, that might not be a big deal. If you live in a city and you're out of food for a month, that starts to get a that starts to be a big deal. And if you're in a city after two months and there's no food showing up, people are going to begin to that yeah, probably somewhere around seven to eight weeks probably six weeks, people will start busting down doors. You have to trust that the public education system taught people the right way. You have to trust that you're being told the truth. And maybe that's why I am obsessed with this weird question. Because maybe the truth of it is, even I can find myself rationalizing why they would do it. Like, on the one hand, I would love to believe if we were faced with the truth. Like, let's say, let's, let's go back to the example of um, the CERN thing and the black hole. Imagine if in 2007, and this is all hypothetical, this is not real, this is not War of the Worlds, I'm not trying to tell you something that's happening, it's not happening, this is hypothetical, okay? Um... It never happened. But imagine if in 2007, uh, Colonel Riley O'Thomas was asked, what what, what should we do? 
And, and the reality is he was raised right. He was raised in Kentucky by good folk who believed in freedom, freedom to have their, their hooch, freedom to have their kids, freedom to have their joy, freedom to have a farm and just exist. And they ask him, what, what should we do? Because they think of him as the expert. And he tells them straight to their faces, the most intelligent thing you could do would be to tell the truth. Now, for a moment, some of you out there listening are probably saying, Dan, you're really, really drunk on that, that V2 vodka. And I got to say, V2 vodka is a good name for Everclear. Mm-mm. Just like Grandpa Von Braun used to make it, or really have the Jewish slaves make it. Yeah, because he, he kind of rolled that way with, with slave labor in World War II. Yeah, they'd probably be making the the V2 vodka and they might be drinking some of it because why wouldn't you? If you were being slowly starved to death on 1,100 calories a day, uh, working 16 hours a day and being treated like trash, why wouldn't you drink some of the V2 vodka? Come on, it's a no fucking brainer. So I'm sure some of it fell off the, the rocket, so to speak. What if Colonel Riley O'Thomas was asked to give his opinion, and it could be a woman, it doesn't have to be Colonel Riley, or maybe Riley is Riley female. What if Colonel Riley O'Thomas, you know, Miss Thomas or whatever, ma'am, what if she said the smartest thing you could do would be to tell the truth? That's the thought I would leave you with, because I do believe we're being lied to. I, I can't honestly say why. I know people have lots of theories. There's the reset and, and you know the New World Order Klaus Schwab shit, but none of it really gels for me because of what they're doing. What they're doing is very destructive. And it's not just destructive to people. It's destructive to their system. Like if they wanted to keep doing the wretched, nasty shit they've been doing for another thousand years, they wouldn't be doing this. They, they, would, they would be just, they would have kept it going. It'd be 2019, 2020, discoing to 2022. Yeah, maybe they would introduce more techno bullshit that people would buy into over time, but that's kind of how they do things, okay? You, 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 get, you get buy into it over time. Why? Would they do something so huge, so destructive? Why would they choose trauma-based mind control? There are many forms of mind control. They don't have to, like, deliberately stress people out. Why would they do that? And why would they do it in such a way that looks like it's just going to keep going on and on and on, but everybody knows it can't? That's the weird part. Like, if this is actually a pause and not the end... Of this, of this particular trip, if it is just a pause, then it again leads me to believe that whatever schedule they're following, they don't control it. That could be eschatological, like if you believe it's the end times, it could be that. It could be volcanic eruptions because those are very fuzzy, hard to predict. So it could be geologic. It could be pole shift. Pole shift would probably be a fuzzy event. Lots of strange attractors, lots of 
points of slip and points of of fixed of fixed structure uh, you know where things halt i mean halting points and moving points there's there's a lot going on with respect to all those issues it could be the ozone layer i've heard very bad things about the ozone layer but that could be bullshit too it could be the clathrate gun the clathrate gun would happen very quickly in a couple of years, but the worst of it could happen in a few months, if you believe what you're told. And so if the trigger gets pulled and you start hearing stories about ships sinking into the ocean in a couple seconds, that could be it. You never know. Could be that. But the basic idea behind, uh, you know, Colonel Riley O'Thomas, female, her answer, her answer being tell the truth, is that if you tell the truth, you risk people being stupid, you risk people going crazy, you risk all kinds of stuff, but you gain the possibility of billions of people coming up with solutions. You see, the terrible, horrible truth is this. They don't trust you. They don't even trust you to allow you to try to survive. They would rather keep a secret about something where if all of humanity was involved, it is possible that we could at least have a fighting chance. But no, what they would much rather do is mind fuck you into the very last moment. And if there is a survival scheme, I hate to break it to you, it's kind of like what, you know, what George Carlin said. It's a big club, but it ain't that big. He didn't say it like that. He says it's a big club and you're not a member, right? But the, or something like that. But I would say, I would, I would vary George Carlin's quote. It's a big club, but it ain't that big, baby. There's only so much condo space in Antarctica. There are only so many condos, so many shelters in Antarctica. I mean, Colonel Riley O'Thomas and, you know, his multiple hooker of wives, because he's, you know, he's handsome. He's got more than one wife. But all of his wives will have a spot in a condo down there with a heated pool. Or actually, if it's a female Riley O'Thomas, she gets to have that. It's a lesbian thing. Yeah, I'm going to get in trouble with the Lesbian Committee of North America. They have already decided to come after me. It's fine. It's fine. We're all good. Colonel Riley. Just don't be naughty. Naughty in Antarctica. That's a, a, a porn film made in Stockholm. Naughty in Antarctica. Say it and don't spray it. The best answer is to tell the truth. Every disaster movie you've ever seen. In fact, one of my favorites is a George Powell flick, When Worlds Collide. And one of the best things they did right from the beginning is they told the truth. Now, that doesn't mean people wanted to hear it. And here's the thing, folks. This is why psyops work, like, like the monkey herpes. Not all psyops can pivot this way. You can't use the same formula over and over again. 
But um, the thing about the truth is a lot of people do not want to hear it. So one of the themes early on in this film, When Worlds Collide, George Powell, science fiction, I think the film came out in 1950, but I could be wrong. It was a pretty good film. But one of the themes is a lot of people just didn't believe it. They didn't believe there was this solar system heading towards us with a planet around it. They didn't believe it was going to cause all the horror, horrible horrors as described. They didn't believe it. And so a lot of countries didn't believe it, and so they wasted time. And so, and so even though the movie is just about one capitalist and a few scientists and one particular scheme, you can imagine that if the movie had been done from a different perspective, there had been many rockets. It wouldn't, have, it wouldn't have just been one. There probably would have been hundreds, maybe thousands. People would have risked their chances to get to this other planet so they could survive. That it was a risk worth taking, but it was a risk worth knowing if the people you say you trust, trusted you. You see, if you want to know why an anarchist ends up an anarchist and not a libertarian, it's because eventually you realize that all the excuses are worthless. You will never change the abuser, ever. It'll never stop. It will continue until the day you die. And believe me, you know, with respect to taxes, it might continue a little bit onwards and, and harm your children okay, with res respect to inheritance tax. So this particular abuser doesn't even stop when your corpse is cold. That is something we need to understand, and it does not trust you to know the truth, and I believe that's the case as well. And there's plenty of examples in American history where we were given a bullshit reason for why something happened. You know, remember the main Pearl Harbor, the Gulf of Tonkin. If you dig deep enough into these things, you'll find a lot of bullshit and a lot of setups and a lot of situations that were rigged and intended to happen. You know. But this is how, how I'll end it because we all now know that an accident in 2007, an accident at CERN, the Large Hadron Collider in 2007 caused a couple things to happen. McDonald's Corporation, through a gra gravitonic wave, was forced to change its formulation for the Chicken McNugget. They began adding a kind of animal that lives deep in the sea. It walks around on two legs, seemingly in a strange way. It smiles at you as you club it to death. It doesn't fight back. It doesn't resist. And now McNuggets are made of these and we are made of them. Yes, in 2007, the age of Bo Blimtok began because a bunch of nutty scientists wanted to create a super particle. A particle so big that it would fill up a space so big that, you know, you really could never see it. But it would have the power of what's called gagronium and brotons. It would be filled with gorks and quarks. It would be splitoid and cytoid. It would be in two places at once. They were hoping it would be the super particle that would lead to the pulson drive, that would lead to the boblimtop drive, that would allow them to travel faster than the speed of mind 
thinking about traveling at the speed of mind. Yes, indeed, at the speed of mind, the mind thought of the mind spirit. You're forking down the road. It's like a Twilight Zone episode. You look out in front of you. You see an old geezer waving his finger at you. He says, can I have a ride, buddy? You know, you look at him. He looks like Rucker Hauer. He looks at you and he licks his lips and he says, Can I have a Chicken McNugget? Yes, that Rutger Hauer looking smelly man licks his lips and looks at you and says, May I have one of your chicken McNuggets, you fuck? And you grab your finger blob and your glimbus and you scratch out your nostril hole. You take the worst of your scrumbo boogers and you leave it on the box. You say, Go ahead, man. Have my last McNugget. You see my booger there? And the Rucker Howard dude says, You see this metal thing? It's kind of pointy. Oh, yeah. They call it a knife. Yes, they call it a knife, baby. Yes, in 2007, the people, the smarty pants at CERN, tried to create a super grombo to power their spaceship so they could head to Hooker Planet and have sex with beautiful women that looked like Jessica Biel when she was hot. I'm not saying she's not, though. She probably still is. I just don't know. Hooker Planet! They blew up the world, maybe even the universe, because they wanted to build a star drive to get the hooker planet. They picked up a signal in 1973. It took them until the late 90s to decode it because it was a multi-frame distortion through space-time involving multiple singularities and cosmic strings and all kinds of weird cosmic ray bullshit. So by the 90s, they put it together... It was an advertisement, you know, for Hooker Planet. Five light years away. They want to go to Hooker Planet, you know. It's like that guy from Lockheed Skunk Works back in the 80s who said, we now have the technology to take E.T. home. You know why, baby. Because 
they could now go to Hooker Planet in the Hooker system where the women are busty and they don't have too many germs. And it's actually kind of nice on Hooker Planet, you know? They destroyed the world so they could build a star drive to get to Hooker Planet. And we can all say, well, you know, Dan, it, it could have been worse. But maybe not, right? Or maybe, yeah. You see, the reality is everybody's going to die. One of the things that we lost touch with in this age of disequilibrium that arguably started in the 18th century, one of the things we lost touch with, especially as the disequilibrium got crazier, is that, you know, even with all the promises of technology, all the promises of hover cars, all the promises of robot hookers, that what we really have is mostly a cell phone shit sandwich, you know, two cell phone wafers. That's what we have. And those cell phones are mainly a shit sandwich because they're being used to track you. That's also the truth. That's what, that's where we're at. You don't have a lot of Jetson shit. Your food is kind of crap, to be honest with you. Even the stuff you think is fresh is probably crap and filled with plastic. The reality is they fed you a lot of crap. They don't trust you, you know. The fact is, though, everyone's going to die. So there you go. And I'm drinking V2 Vodka. And this podcast is brought to you by good old Grandpa Von Braun's V2 Vodka. If you're going to have people working hard someplace deep in Germany in 1944 on super technical gamma weapons, super power weapons, victory weapons, giant cannons, that shoot giant bullets. Yes, if you're going to be building super weapons, if you're going to be building super technology, and gamma weapons, you know. You're going to be doing a lot of crack. Yeah. Back in World War II, Bo Blimp Doc. What wouldn't people do? What did people do? What do we know? What don't we know? What are we allowed to know? If they knew something was happening, would it be like, you know, Colonel Riley O'Thomas, female, would say, tell the truth? Would it be like when worlds collide? Will you trust people? Because maybe more than one person would try to build a rocket ship to save some people. And maybe people would not turn on each other and just kill each other. Because life is what it is. And sometimes it's short. But that doesn't mean you have to be an asshole. And it doesn't mean you have to give up. It just means the battle has changed. You see, if they told the truth, they would be wagering on the possibility that we could fix it. It is possible. 
that we are in fact a race of very intelligent people. If we are trusted, we can do amazing things. If we are gaslighted, we can become wretchedly horrible fools. Not all of us, but enough of us. And it works the other way. You don't need everybody to save the world because you're never going to do that. All you have to do to save the world is save enough people. And to do that, all we have to do is tell the truth.